Hello everyone! This is your favorite Drive to Survive fan and we are back this week with a finally new podcast episode. As expected, there were no, no new episode last week because it, it was just impossible for me to squeeze it in in my schedule. But I think it, it, it gave everyone a breather. Like everyone had a break. I had my own little F1 summer break, which was amazing. So yeah, I feel good to be back. I hope you didn't miss me too much. But as always, grab your favorite snack, a glass of water, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, or a shot of your favorite alcohol if you're a desperate Ferrari fan just like me. And let's get going. I am so excited to record this podcast episode simply because Formula One is back this week at Zenvoort, the Dutch GP, the home race of Max Verstappen and former Nick de Vries. I, I don't know. He's not dead. I <laughs> just realized that doing a little break right there made it think that he died. No, Nick de Vries didn't die. He's perfectly well and he's actually... I think he's attending in Harvard Law course. Um, I don't know how someone that left high school when he was 15, or like left school when he was 15, managed to get into attending a Harvard course at like the university, like one of the greatest law school in the whole world. I don't know how he managed to do that. Probably money, because there is no way, not that, he, not that Nick DeVries is dumb, I would never say that about him, but there is no other way that he managed to get a spot in there. Like, no way. But I guess it is more like a, of like a, a very broad course that a lot of people could attend. But still, like, it, it's, it's a Harvard course. It is hard to be registered to these kinds of course, I guess. So, I mean, good for him. He is following the path of Mr. Nicholas Latifi that is graduating or like is going to graduate from business school um very happy for both of them that they are rebouncing in some kind of way even if i do believe that nick devries career in racing in like a big broad term is not over and will not be over soon at least that's all i'm wishing for him even if i don't you know i don't have an like an increase amount of love for Nick DeVries. Like, it's not an immense amount of love that I have for this man. However, however, um, I wish him only the best and hope that he will recover from another headshot from the Red Bull headquarters <laughs> to another driver. This is crazy. Anyway, still the season is officially over. Um, not that we had a lot to talk about. We actually had nothing to talk about in this silly season. Carlos at Audi, that's it. And yeah, that's why I will be doing a very big mixing pot in this episode because silly season was dry as fuck. Nothing happened. No rumors. We had to like l get little tiny details in very short phrases from interviews from people working here and there to actually get something. Silly season was not silly seasoning. It was... It was boring... boringing seasoning. 
It was boring season, not silly season. It was boring seasoning. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. This is the end of this podcast episode. I've done that joke already a few weeks ago. I cannot do it again. <laughs> anyway, I need to get going because I'm meeting with my best friend for dinner today, so I cannot be late. Um, this is not an option or I'll get murdered and you won't have episode ever again. Anyway, um, yeah, we had absolutely nothing to talk about in terms of F1. But I mean, in comparison to last year's silly season, I think it is like a fair amount of balance because last year between Oscar Piastri, Daniel Ricciardo, the hundreds of possible like trades between drivers that we would ha- that we could have it feels like last year was way too intense like the fernando alonso shenanigan also all this in one silly season was very overwhelming especially for someone that just started from one just like me at this period of time so yeah, this this year it was very, very calm. A bit too calm and a bit too boring. So people had to get into the very deep, deep, deep details of the personal life of the drivers. Now, I'm not going to be like this other content creator. Like, I'm not like other people. I don't care about the personal life of the drivers. I don't care what's happening outside of the track because that's not true. Uh, I'm not like other girls kind of speech like it is not true because I mean if like I mean I listen to two girls one formula podcast every week it is one of my favorite podcasts ever I love these girls so much and I love the content that they are creating because it is like having tea from outside of the track without being toxic and that's what it is entertaining me and I think it's the right balance. Like, of course, when Mick soft launched his girlfriend, I was like, ooh, interesting. Like, it is interesting. But when I realized that three minutes later, people were already having the TikTok, the Instagram, and were commenting stuff on the girl's friend's, like, posts and comments, even if it was kind comments... I was like, okay, that's that's way too intense. You guys are crazy. <laughs> this is a bit too much. And it made me cackle so loud that Mick was like, oh, I'm just going to self-launch my little girlfriend, put us holding hands, having a matching bracelet, probably while being on holidays with ST Bessie. Like, having your best friend and your girlfriend. That I'm pretty sure that was the meeting trip for the best st bestie meeting mixed girlfriend like it was it was the holidays where the best friend meets the girlfriend and it was like (laughs) i was giggling a bit so yeah he was putting this cute little picture but like i'm gonna soft launch it just say that i'm taken i'm not available ladies anymore like too bad and then Literally 48 hours later, it was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna post a picture of her. Since everybody already know who my girlfriend is. Which is, that's scary for me. Like, how did people figure out who that girl was? Because that was made um, so fast after the story has been posted. Like, it was like, that's, that's, that's a bit scary. That's, that's, 
that's not a bit scary. That's very scary. But I mean, good for Mick. <laughs> it was like feeding us in a way because nothing was happening for silly season. Oh, we also got suspicion of Landstroll having a girlfriend, and actually Landstroll saved the silly season, even if it's not really silly season anymore because we only got this news like last night and since. Formula One is back. It's not really silly season anymore. Um, since, yeah, um, since, yeah, um, Zenvoort is right after the corner. But for my own sanity, I will say that this was silly season and it was part of silly season. Apparently, um, other than having suspicion that Lance Stroll has a new girlfriend, he also um, announced us that. He also announces that he he will um, probably, maybe, I don't think it's true, but maybe leave Formula 1 to become a professional tennis player. Where did this come from? Like, it is more, like, there is more probability that Carlos Sainz announced that he won't be racing for Ferrari anymore and become a golf player and wants to be a professional golf player player than Landstroll being a tennis player and not like being a, a Sunday kind of tennis player like being a professional like soon we'll see Landstroll in rolling at Roland Garros like how <laughs> how did this come on the table like well thank you for entertaining me Mr. Landstroll because again I had nothing to actually occupy my mind and also, I learned this while get, getting home after the Imagine Dragons concert that I went. Imagine Dragons, for those who doesn't know, is the group, the music group of my life. I already saw them once in 2017. So when I was 15, no, four, 30. How old was I? I was, wait, how old? I was 15. Math is not my strong suit. Wait a sec. <laughs> yes, I was 15. I was 15. I think I was 14 because I, 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 I believe, because I'm, I'm born at the end of the year, I'm a Scorpio baby, just like Lando and Lewis. I was 14. But yeah, you get me. Like, it was... Like, I saw them once there, and I saw them now, five years later. Like, actually, not five years, six years later insane that was such an amazing concert i couldn't recommend you guys more to go to an imagine dragons concert i was in the pit and it was incredible i was with a good friend of mine and it was just one of the best concert i ever been to like i went to a harry styles concert and i couldn't tell you which one i preferred because there were so different vibes between a Harry Styles concert and an Imagine Dragons concert that it's not comparable. Like, Imagine Dragons has a whole very um, developed and profound um, set, like, setup. And, like, it's a, a very, a, it's a show. It's a very developed and, 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 immense and gigantic show where like confettis were being thrown at us like there was transition there was small clips with a voiceover and which is not the case for Harry Styles Harry Styles is just being like the vibe which I love both of both direction but yeah 
having hearing like songs that I've been listening to for like eight years is crazy and will always feel so special and I was so close from like the stage because we get we got there kind of early with my friends we were there at like 3 p.m um and the doors were only open at 6 30 and we got lucky because we found like a, a line where numbers were written on people's hand and they would call hundreds per hundreds like they were like oh uh, from zero to 100 go there from da da, da 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 go 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 and that would make the line for the people that would go into the pit and that was organized by um uh, the, the, the stadium I was to um, by the way I was at the Imagine Dragons night too um, if other people in Paris obviously if all the people that are listening went to I don't know um, anyway so yeah there was this like numbering written by staff from the stadium and we realized this very early on like when we got there we realized that people were making a line we asked why are you doing a line and they were like oh for the numbers to get into the pit and not being like and be kind of close because it's it was early on in like in the numbering and I was in the 400s uh, me and my friends were in the 400s so we got there and we were like three lines from the the front row while being there since like 3 30 so it is a long time for people that never been there but for people that that never been to a concert like waiting for like four hours seems like s- such a big amount of time for someone that, that that is not used to go into pits and like go to concert in general but i can tell you that this is a very very short amount in reality like people were there like someone in front of me i was talking with her and she was there since 4 a.m and to tell you how lucky we were because we realized about the numbering of stuff and the numbering stuff, she was just one row in front of me. Like, she was just standing in front of me. And she was there for, since 4 a.m. And I came here with my friends at 3.30, got our little numbers on the hand, then listened when they called us. Like, they were like, oh, from 300 to 400, go in the line uh, for the pits. And we just got there. And, I mean, I'm very, very tall. So, I don't really care being front row at during a concert like I don't give a shit because I will see no matter what (laughs) but it was incredible like I felt that Dan Reynolds literally sung some some part of of, like the lyrics directly to me especially because I was in a hall and like a lot of people next to me were very tiny so I was like the big like the big giant surrounded by little minions without being insulting obviously like very cute minions but yeah um it was such an incredible experience when he made a speech about asking for help if you feel depressed or a bit gray or not good like he made a very emotional speech that i would recommend you to listen i think it's very easy to find out on internet some clips of it it was a very heart heart raw ah heartwarming Um, speech and very like emotional one just after that he sung demons 
and it's a very popular song but for me it like it has a very special place in my heart again i've been listening to that song since i'm like 12 so and when i was 12 i didn't realize the impact of the lyrics in a way and now that i'm 21 like i'm turning 21 at the end of the year i realize how impactful and how strong and how powerful are these lyrics maybe some people will find it ridiculous to think about like these kinds of lyrics are very bas- basic for some people but for me it's not the case and i started to bawl my ass out like during the discord like during the speech i was already crying but when he started to play and also because last year was a very i i was in a very dark place in 2022 um, from like March till July, I was at, at the darkest point, uh, like at, at the darkest place that I've ever been in my life. So hearing this song one year later and seeing how improved and how better, how happier, how good I am. Wow. Also, I don't listen to Demons that much, like on a regular basis. I don't like I listen to other Imagine Dragons songs. So when I heard, like after this, like a very emotional speech, while I was already crying, he started to play Demons. Oh my God, I was a lost cause. I was bawling my eyes out. Pools of tears were coming out of my eyes. I had trouble breathing. I was fully on sobbing. I was screaming, crying, throwing up. And guess what happened? A little grandma was standing next to me in the pit and she turned around and she gave me the most intense hug I ever received in my life. Like she just took me and I was taller than her, but she like brought like put a hand around my shoulders and broke me down at her level. She was like, you're all right, you're all right, you're all right. Oh my God, guys, when I tell you I cried even more. And it was so heartwarming and so kind. She didn't have to do that. And I mean, it's not very French to do these kinds of stuff. Like, I think that if she, I think she saw that I would like take it well if she went like and pierced my bubble to hug me. Because lots of people would have just freaked out and like, don't touch me at all. Especially French people. We are kind of intense sometimes. Uh, especially with our boundaries. <laughs> but yeah, and she just hugged me tight. And my best friend now, like not my best friend. She, she Oh my God, not that the friend that I was, I don't, yeah, the, the friend that I was with is not my best friend. But I didn't mean it in the mean way. Like I said, not my best friend. She's a good friend of mine, but she's not my best Anyway, who cares? I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> episode because she's gonna take it badly (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) that was a very bad way to phrase it i'm sorry i hope we'll still be friends after this anyway she was standing in front of me and she only realized what happened after the the woman like parted like we parted from our hug and my friend turned around and like put her hand on my shoulder and was like, you're all right. And I was like, yeah. But she was crying. My be- my friend was crying too. So we were both crying. And I was just like, we're, we're literal like garbage right now. I had the makeup on. And for some reason, in, 
it didn't spill all over my face and thank god but yeah that was such an incredible moment that i will cherish for the longest time i for the longest time i can um what else happened in the pit um what else happened during the concert well i mean I didn't look at the set list before going to the concert and it was the best idea I ever got. Like I never searched for the set list and I didn't have too many TikToks on my For You page. So yesterday on the D-Day, I realized I don't know the set list for the concert. And I was like, I don't want to know the set list. I don't want to know what's going to happen. And so like my reactions were so raw and genuine because they played song that I didn't expect at all they would play or like how they like played it out on the stage it was it feels like a fever dream I swear to god and I'm not exaggerating like it is like I think like the hype that they, they had around the Coldplay concert should also be like brought for the Imagine Dragons concerts because wow that was incredible that was m- magical i have i don't have enough vocabulary in english to describe how crazy and amazing this concert was anyway let's get back to mr lenstrol so i learned about the lenstrol being a a future a future tennis player and probably have a match with uh, novak djokovic um next tennis season for some reason maybe this will happen someday Um, So I learned this while going home after the concert and I was already emotionally overwhelmed, bruised and but also like I was cherishing every, like I felt like in another planet, like I was walking home and I was like, what the hell happened the last three hours of concert? Like I don't remember how I got home or what happened during the concert, like that, that it was such an amazing experience that it felt like an out-of-body experience, even if I do remember what happened in the concert or, like, what what events caused, like, stuff and anyway. But still, it felt like an out-of-body experience. And then I just opened TikTok or Twitter I, and I see Lance Stroll is becoming a tennis player. Professional tennis player. Like, what the hell is going on? And then Alex Patu might moved from IndyCar to Formula One to be the next Fernando Alonso teammate. And I was like, what is going on? Again, I'm cutting my phone for like five hours and literally the F1 words implode on itself. Like, (laughs) what was going on? But yeah, um, I don't think that's true. I don't think Lance Stroll... I don't think Lance Stroll will, will... become a tennis player but if if that's a fact and he want and he feels like he will be happier becoming a tennis player please do Lance it's been years that my father and some friends are trying to get me into tennis so if you actually become a tennis player Lance uh, it might be the reason why I'll start to follow tennis because yeah it has been a struggle for one of my best friends Cecilia and my father to actually get me into tennis. I don't understand how the points are getting. Like, I just understood this year, and thanks to the Fan Behavior Podcast for doing a specific episode on tennis, because it's only this year that I understood how points and how 
a tennis game and how like an, an, a, a duel, not a duel, like how, what is going on in a tennis match? Like it's only this year understood. And my father is a big fan of tennis. For his birthday, uh, I think it was three years ago, we offered him um, some seat for uh, for Roland Garros, so um, which is a French Open tennis match. Anyway, um, that that I know. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's only this year I understood how a tennis match was gone. Like was was what was happening in a tennis match? How points were given? How it was being counted between the sets and the games and the... I didn't got it. And I never tried to actually understand it. And it you know, it's this kind of thing where I'm like, it's not for me. I will never understand it. Uh, not that it's too hard for me to understand how a tennis game or a tennis match is going on. But I was just like, I don't want to know. I don't think I want to know. And you know what? I'll continue to live my life without knowing. But then because of the fan behavior podcast i understood how a match go but still i don't have the strength to actually get into it like i know no names i think i just know the name of of the spanish guy that won recently because carlos saints put him in his instagram story and i couldn't see i don't remember his name i don't remember his name but i i remember carlos saints reposting his win for it wasn't the US Open. I don't think it was the US Open. Maybe it was Roland Garros. No, it was Wimbledon. He won Wimbledon. Yes, the Spanish guy won Wimbledon. And that's the only thing I remember. I can I cannot tell you his name. I cannot tell you I can only tell you his Spanish. And that's only because Carlos since put him in his Instagram story. So that's that's how much I know about tennis. I just know that my father doesn't like Djokovic, but my best friend do. But the little brother of my best friend that is also a big tennis fan hates Djokovic. So I don't know where to settle in terms of Novak Djokovic. I don't know where which side I should take. It is kind of a Lewis Max Verstappen 2021 situation. You either love or hate Novak Djokovic. I don't know. Um, because my father has a, a deep, deep, deep hate for Novak Djokovic. Just like my mother. Um... But then I have my best friend that love him. I don't know where I should settle. I also have a good friend of mine. Her name is Angie. And she's like, we are studying in the same university. She hates Novak Djokovic. So I'm tending on hating that guy. But I don't know why I'm hating him. I don't know what he has done. I don't know. But he doesn't seem right. <laughs> Apparently. And I don't know who are the new... like. It's crazy because I remember when Rafael Nadal first got into tennis and I was in middle school when that happened. Like I was seven or eight and everyone was like, oh my God, this new Spanish guy, Nadal, is going to win medals. He's going to be the, a champion. He's going to be a champion. And he's going to be incredible. And he's going to like, like mark in be mocked in history books like this guy is gonna mock the sport and now and he was the newbie and now so many years passed and he is one of the older guys <laughs> my father made fun of me last time when i asked oh my god is like a nadal still like the underdog and he was like 
Nadal the underdog, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's one of the older guys, the most respected in the sport, which I fully, I'm so happy for him. I, also, he's being injured. I think he's the only debate that I should that I can actually talk about is Nadal and how he maybe should have retired at the same time of Federer. Also, I was so sad uh, when when Roger Federer retired because he was my favorite tennis player. Even if I did not follow the sport, I had a favorite tennis player, and it was Roger Federer because he was actually part of Coldplay, which is. Oh my god, this is such a long story, but Coldplay is the music band, like the the music band of my father. He's obsessed with Coldplay. It's his favorite music band, just like Charles Leclerc. Um, and he loved Coldplay. I was raised by listening to Coldplay all the time in the car or at home. Like I was raised by Coldplay basically and their music. And for those who didn't know, Roger Federer was actually originally part of Coldplay. And then he left to pursue his tennis career. So he was my favorite tennis player because I was like, oh, that's a link. My father, tennis player, blah, 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 blah. You know. So, yeah. Um, that's that's the thing. Um, I was so sad. I, I cried when he retired. And my only opinion about Nadal is that the guy is, is the GOAT. He's a legend. However, he might have... He should have retired at the same time as Roger Federer because now he's being injured and I don't think he has... I really hope he does because it feels like a bit like of a Lewis Hamilton situation. We can always bring it back to Formula 1. It is kind of a Lewis Hamilton situation where you're like, maybe Lewis should have retired after, 20, for, after Abu Dhabi 2021 because we don't see him... Like, lots of people don't see him winning his eight world championship anytime soon or ever. Um, and it's kind of like this with Nadal. Like, with him being injured, and you can see he's very struggling and suffering physically because he had a very harsh way of playing that would, like, very, had very bad and um, negative damage on his body. Um in comparison to other players, but that made him who he is currently anyway. So yeah, um, that was um, that was the thing, and 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 like maybe he should have retired on a high note instead of a low note, and that's maybe also the difference with Lewis Hamilton because Abu Dhabi twenty one wasn't a, a, a high note for Lewis Hamilton for sure, but his season was such incredible that maybe he should have retired on that. Even if I don't agree, by the way, for the Lewis Hamilton of it all, I don't agree. I think he is still a big name in this sport and he still has a lot of things to prove. And um, I want to see him winning his eighth world championship. Talking about Lewis, we still have no news about the Mercedes contract. And again, I told you this before. I already debate about that and I don't have a good feeling about not knowing about where Lewis is going. I'm so scared. I am so scared. You have, you guys have no idea how scared I am. Like, I am terrified about the Lewis of it all. Like, why don't we have the, 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 the contract? Why? Why is it not an announcement? This is so weird. This is such a shady thing to do. Is there like a debate between Toto and Lewis? Like maybe they are not agreeing on everything? Or is there a deeper like 
chess game going on and like little chords being like little I don't know stuff strategy I don't know mind game going on if there is a mind game I would like to know it so I can sleep properly at night without thinking that either Lewis Hamilton is out of the sport which I don't think it will happen and I'm touching wood I'm touching so many woods type of food wait a sec because Lewis Hamilton cannot be out of the sport um always there like a transfer but Mercedes Mercedes is Lewis team so I don't see a transfer from a team to another for Lewis but what is going on today we had the confirmation of um, Hulk and Magnussen staying at Haas for 2024 because their contract was coming to an end. Um, please, can we get a contract extension for Sir Lewis Hamilton? I'm done waiting. Please. <laughs> I'm done waiting. I want to sleep properly, fully rested until the end of the season. Especially now that we are coming to the second part of the season. The clock is ticking, I want to know. I don't want to be stressed until the last few races being like, where is Lewis going? What is going on? Why hasn't he signed? Why? Because this has been going on since Monaco. Even before Monaco, which should have been Imola. It has been... This has been on the table since Imola. When Imola was cancelled, that's when people started to like get bored again and start to wondered what we could do and then they looked at contracts ending and then they saw Lewis was not there anymore like what he was on the end of his contract and everyone knew it but we were like oh that's weird he's not being announced as 2024 at least or like we don't know and then there has been all this debate with Lewis going to Ferrari then making a switch with Carlos going to Mercedes or then we got also scared that Carlos would not be in the sport anymore for some reason. Like, so many stuff happened. I don't have a good, I don't have a good feeling on this. And it is kind of this, the exact same gut feeling that I got for Daniel Ricciardo being at AlphaTauri. I might say that I was so right for this. Oh my god, I was so smart. That was such a smart move and I truly believe that my theory was right. Anyway, I don't want this theory to be true, but there is something going on with Lewis and I don't like it at all. Lewis knows too well this sport and how it works to be like, mm, I don't really care about my contract extension. We don't know. We'll see. Uh-uh, that's not Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is very calculating. Lots of people feel like he's very chill and very not caring and very like, you know, a step back. Like, I don't take things too much at heart. But... Again, then think about Abu Dhabi 2021. He hasn't talked to anyone until the start of the new season. He wasn't hanging out with anyone. He went like full on ghost mode, even to his friends and family. Like people were saying that, yeah, they didn't heard about him for so many times. He was absolutely destroyed by what happened in Abu Dhabi. And that's how Lewis Hamilton ta take things at a matter of hand. Just like with the Nelson Piquet of it all, him being fined for his racist comment, which is in your fucking head, Mr. L Nelson Piquet, for being a racist, stupid man in 2022. Yeah, it was in 2022. 
Anyway, he's him being fined for that. And how Lewis is always talking about being chill all the time, spiritual, things will go the way they should go. And, like, everything works out in the end. That's That's how... Like, I am that kind of person, too. Like, I am constantly saying, like, take things how they goes. You'll see how it goes. Stay positive. You don't know why tomorrow is made. Like, you will end up where you're supposed to end up. However, even if I'm truly believing this, I am one of the most controlling person ever on this planet. Like, I might be very chill from some for some people, like not caring, but I care about every details. I'm a very caring person, like I care to every single details. And I think that's a very Scorpio thing because Lewis is just like that too. And I generally think and Lando gives this impression too of not giving a shit about anything, but actually very calculating and like looking at everything looking at details, looking at stuff, like, Louis Lando and I, because, yeah, I'm in this wonderful triptych of Scorpios, baby, um, however, I do feel like Lando is a November, November Scorpio, I think Louis is an October Scorpio, just like me, I'm not sure anymore, I think he's an October Scorpio, which, which makes a difference, oh my god, I really need to talk about astrology with Makila, I really need to have the gut to, reach out for her because I really want to talk astrology with her. <laughs> that would be a dream. Makila, would you like to come on the pod? <laughs> I need to make an official announcement. Like, Makila, please, I want to talk astrology with you about Formula One and astrology because I am such... I'm so into astrology. This is crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, I do... I do feel like this is a, a, a very regular thing with Scorpio's person. Like, Acting like we are spiritual, chill, don't give a damn about anything or anyone. But let me tell you the truth. We are one of the most controlling, stressed, calculating, mind, like not mind twisting, but like mind, we want to read minds and understand every deeper meanings and feelings. And like, that's why people think that Scorpios are so intense. First of all, we're a water sign, but it's also because we we are intense people because we ha- want to have the deeper meaning of everything. Because we truly believe that there is also a deeper meaning to everything. And that's why Sir Lewis Hamilton and his contract with Mercedes, this is not something he would left up to faith. No, no, no. There is something going on behind closed doors. What I would give to be a fly on the wall during these reunion between Toto and Lewis. Not even reunion at the Mercedes um, headquarters. Actually, I want to be a fly on the wall when Toto is having lunch with Lewis. That's when I want to be. That's where I want to be. I want to be there and listening, like eavesdropping. I want to be, I want to be a waiter in the restaurant where Toto and Lewis are having lunch. I want to be there and actually less, listen to what they are saying. Because that's... To me, that's so weird. That's so freaking weird. I don't like it at all. Also, now that I'm thinking about Mercedes and like Mercedes placement, because we know Toto is a professional talent and driver placer. Like if he has a driver that he wants to put out in a team, he will succeed. 
Like he will make it happen. Like Esteban Ocon at Renault, after he has been kicked out from um, Force India at the time. So Esteban Ocon was outside of the sport um, for a year. He was the reserve driver of Mercedes. And then Total Wolf managed to put Esteban Ocon at Renault. He has absolutely no power in the Renault management. And he will never be because Renault is, it, which is now Alpine, by the way. But Renault was his own F1 team, who was, by the way, ruled by Mr. Cyril. Cyril, I miss you so much. Cyril Abitbull. Abitbull. It's weird to say it with an English accent. I don't even know if I'm saying it the right way. But Cyril, you need to come back. For God's sake, please come back. Anyway, we are getting sidetracked. And I really need to watch the, 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 the hour... Okay, I'm still good on my timing to not be late to the dinner with my best friend because this will cause a scene if I am. Anyway, so yeah, um, so yeah, he managed to put Esteban Ocon to Renault where, like, how did the Mercedes race of drivers ended up here? I don't know. How did that happen? Then you have Nick De Vries doing a free practice um, thing with Williams last year, like taking the spot of... Alex Albon for I don't know was it Monza? I don't th- I don't think it, I, I don't feel like it was Monza but because Alex Albon got the appendicide yeah that's the name in English it's the same name in French but I was scared to do like a Frenchism where I would just say a French word with an English accent hoping that it's actually a word in English but I think appendicide is the name of the d- disease that got Alex Albon out of the car for one race weekend and they put Nick de Vries instead in there. And because of this, and Nick de Vries was in touch. Was the was he? Yes, he was the reserve driver of Mercedes? Williams? I'm gonna get cancelled by the F1 Twitter um, because I don't know my facts. <laughs> anyway. Um, Oh, please don't cancel me because I don't know every world champion since the 1950s. Please don't. <laughs> I think he was a reserve driver of Mercedes, if I'm not wrong. I think that was what Nick de Vries was last year, last season. Anyway, so he got in the car. He drove for AlphaTauri. Again, some kinds of Toto mind games. Even if I do think that Red Bull actually contacts Nick de Vries and be like, you don't want to be a reserve driver anymore, we can have you a spot somewhere that's how i think it 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 went but i want to believe that actually toto had an impact in that and of course he had an impact because mercedes and williams are like this and he wouldn't have like nick go if not that that not that he can say you're not going anywhere and he wouldn't like he would have stayed there and like had a full control of nick um performance and like way of career choice however i do feel like we would have we would have heard a drama because toto would have spoke spoken about like nick betraying the mercedes family to go to red bull or something like that so i did i generally think that toto had something to do with nick being at afatari and now that we have mick schumacher i'm not sure of how i pronounce his name i'm i'm trying my best okay um, so we have Mick Schumacher um, being Mercedes reserve driver. 
he might now apparently be a contender for the Williams seat next next year for 2024. And you know what? I love Mick so much. You have no idea how much I love Mick. However, Logie Sarge, he needs to stay there. But I'm so scared because Toto is so good at placing drivers at random spot that you would not expect it. I'm so scared that that Logan Sargent won't have his chances Formula One. Like, I don't want him to go away, all right? I love Mick and it is really like a heartbreaking decision to do, but I want to see Mick. Like, I don't want, how can I explain that without being canceled by the Mick fan base? I love Mick so much, all right? I love him so much, but I don't want him to go to Williams yet. Because first of all, I want Logan Sargent to have a chance because he has been improving so much this life free race. Uh, like I think the last, the two last race before um, the summer break, he was doing fantastic for what had like like there have been so many so much improvement and Williams has been so good with rookie drivers they are the best they are one of the best teams just like Afatari to form and build racing like excellent racing drivers like George Russell was the rookie of Williams and now he's in Mercedes and he's being absolutely marvelous in Mercedes. But that's also because he had the background of Williams and had been like building up his talent that he learned from before and from Formula 2 and building up with the... Like, Williams is so good with rookies. Like, they're, I think they are one of the best team to form and build rookies to actual performing and future podium contender racing drivers. And that's what I wish for Mick, for for Logan, also for Mick, obviously. But for Logan, I want him to have the time to build up his talent and build up his experience, just like Oscar Piastri is doing right now. But it's not a debate with Oscar Piastri because he's in the top, he's in the top team, and not in like a little sister team, just like where Nick and. And Logan, because Nick was in AlphaTauri, which is the little sister of Red Bull, and Logan for Williams, you know. Like, this is a different situation, because Oscar would have always been in a top team. He, oh, yes, Alpine is a top team. <laughs> I don't care what you're all saying. And I will not accept some shade on Alpine. They are a top team. Our top team. I'm not believing my own words. I'm not even believing myself. But I am allowed to say it because I'm an Alpine. I'm a deep down Alpine fan. To my core, I'd be an Alpine and a Ferrari fan. So I am allowed to say it. Not the people that are saying very mean thing about Alpine. You're not allowed to say that. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but you're not allowed here. No, you are alive. This is getting sidetracked again. Anyway, um, so yeah, I want to see Logan having a kind of similar 
even if it takes more time, obviously, because all the drivers are different and some of them has need to take more time to actually perform. I want to see him doing a George Russell, like being at Williams, improving his performance, his experience, slowly learning from others and from his teammate, Alex Alban, and then going to a very top, uh, 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 another a top team, I don't care, Aston Martin, Mercedes would be a dream, but if he is going to Mercedes, it means that Lewis is out, so I don't want to see him in Mercedes until Lewis is having an eighth world championship. Anyway, that's another, that, that's a me problem. But I want to see him grow and improve and learn and have, like, just basically have enough time to be a racing driver. Because I feel like with the nick of it all, even if it has been always something with Red Bull, I feel like people are less and less patient with rookies because we had so many rookies that were already performing since their first races in Formula 1. Like I'm thinking about Lando Norris or Pierre Gasly, who has like an, an, like an incredible rookie year with Toro Rosso that's why he he are like he directly he did one season with Toro Rosso and then jumped to Red Bull or like same for Charles Leclerc we had so many rookies that were absolutely like smashing it that we forgot that what's the concept of a rookie and how he cannot you cannot expect him to be the best driver out there or to even be a contender for like points or podiums on the first year. Like it's impossible normally to actually think that a rookie would be on a podium for like his first year in Formula One. Or it's a lucky, a lucky, a lucky move. You know, like it it's out of luck and it's because people DNF'd or like they had so many troubles because rookies on their first years are mean to struggle because Formula 1 is so different to Formula 2 and what they known from before. Like, it is the pinnacle of motorsport. (laughs) So, like, it's so different. So you cannot expect them to be great and wonderful and perfect. But because we had some, like, very, like, promising and absolutely, like, just unbelievable rookies like Lando Norris... George Russell, Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly, Charles Leclerc, we forget that this is not a normality, but because we all watched, most of us watched this this new generation of drivers coming up on the grid, and that's when we all got into Formula 1, that we think it's the normality. It's not. They are not supposed to be incredible since the, the... their first year in Formula 1. It's obviously not something possible, like normally. So that's why I really want Logan to have more time. And I really hope that he is not out of the sport at the end of the 2023 season. I really grew fond of Logan. Like, I, I really grew fond of him um, through the season. Like, I didn't give a shit about him at the beginning of the season. And until, I think, Baku... Yeah, I think it was until Baku. After Baku, it's he kind of started to grow on me. I was like, mm, maybe I do appreciate the slogan, Sergeant. 
but I mean Oscar Piastri is still my favorite rookie of the year. So yeah. Um wish it wish the best for 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 Logan and I hope also Mick is soon back in the sport. Like I really hope he's soon back in the sport but I don't want him to take Logan's spot. I don't want him because that would be unfair. Honestly, that would be so unfair because that's not how it works. You're not so don't take rookies if you don't want them to make a mistake and fail the car and fail the team in a way. Um, like I'm putting brackets on it because like it's not failing the team, but you know, don't take rookies if you cannot handle also the the the, the, the flipping side of the coin. Like don't take rookies if you cannot handle the fact that they will not have the most incredible and performing season of their life during the first year and they are more likely to crash the car or like to do mistakes or like to be out in Q1 or like not get points like there there are so many factors that needs to be taken into account and also that the fact that they need to gain in trust and in and in and, and, and build their ability and their experience. Most of them didn't race in, like, so many rookies didn't even do all the races that are on the F1 calendar. So, yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, 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 a, I don't think it's fair if Logan is getting kicked out of the sport, especially with his imp- lately improvement. Yeah, so that was it. Yeah. Um, um, we are back at racing again, and I'm very excited. I hope you're having, you will have an amazing race weekend, an amazing end of like a race week, race weekend, race day, whatever, what's happening for you. I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, let's go for Zandvoort, um, round twelve, if I'm not wrong. And yeah, I hope that this episode put a little smile on your face, as always. Or at least made you laugh. Because I'm saying a lot of silly things. And yeah, um, wishing you all the best. Seeing you next time. A bientôt. Or for my little Dutchies. Doei doei.